Good morning, church. That certainly introduces us into our, our thought this morning, so thank you for that. Uh, we are certainly preaching on, on love, and we're glad that you are here and joining us this morning, both members and visitors alike. We thank you, and we praise God for this opportunity. Let's go to God, please, in a word of prayer. O gracious and masterful and merciful God in heaven, how awesome is your name. And we give unto you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. And we thank you for allowing us to be here today to worship you. And we pray that our worship, Lord God, is pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And that heaven rejoices today. That we, in our hearts, Lord God, have found joy and peace with you because of your word and through your son. We ask, Lord God, that you will keep our minds from worldly thought, that we might focus only on you, remembering the death, burial, and resurrection of your great son. In Jesus' holy and precious name, we pray and ask these things, but be thy will. Amen. A subtopic, maybe from this morning, or sub-subject, if you will, could be Christianity 101. Right, it, you know this is the this is the easy stuff. But this is the the hard stuff. We're going to spend a couple of lessons on this. Maybe this week I'll preach, and next week I'll meddle a little bit. Right? I always say, preacher, don't start meddling. But I think we might have to do that a little bit. Love God. Love God. How much do I love God? Oh, oh, preacher, let me tell you how much I love God. You could just show me. Right? How much have I given up for God? In my life, I mean, in reality, how much have I... I've lived life, and I've, and I've, I've, I've done this, and I've done that, and I've been here, and I've, I've been there. How much have I given up for, for the Lord? In love, because I love God so much. Mark chapter 1, this is something expressed by Peter, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But beginning at verse 14, And after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And as he was going along by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And they immediately left their nets and followed him. And going a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were also in the boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went away to follow him. They immediately, Jesus said, follow me. And they said, okay. No explanation. Just that we have to go. We're going to follow Jesus. Mark 2, verse 14. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting in the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. And so Matthew 19, when, when Peter is a, is a little flustered and, and just thinking about life, and he makes this statement, and 
He says in verse 27, Peter answered and said to him, Behold, we have left everything and followed you. What then will be for us? We, 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 left, it, we left it all. In the name of love, God, we left it all for you. Jesus has an answer, but the question this morning is, what have you left in your life for God? What sin have you turned loose of? What, what addiction, if you will? What, what love? Love for this, love for that, love for things, love for materialism, love for people, love for... What love? What deed? What deed of the flesh? What have you really stepped away from and said, God, I'm stepping away from this because I love you so much. What what faithfulness and what commitment have you really truly given to God? Especially in comparison to those other things that supposedly we walked away from. How much time? How much time am I really really giving to God? Am I so, so stuck on time? God, I can only give you this many times or this many hours of the week. I can only give you this much. God says, I'm giving you 168 hours this week. What are you going to do with it? Lord, four hours is a lot, isn't it, <laughs> to give back to you? You know, Bible class, Sunday morning, and worship, and then we got a long-winded preacher, so maybe four and a half hours, Lord, right? And then come back on Wednesday night. And Am I so stuck on time, my time, that... Have I even given up that for the Lord? Am I really turning those things over to God? How much time? Is God more like an inconvenience? We talked about that a long time ago, right? Is he more like an inconvenience when it comes to your time? He's kind of in the way, right? And yet we say, no, God, no, I love you, God. And yet before the next 15 minutes, folks are going to be looking at their watch. Because we don't have that much time, Lord. I'm not saying we have to stay here all day, but I'm just asking, have you given up your time for God this morning? Jesus comes back with this amazing answer in verse 28, and he says, Truly I say to you that you, you who have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you also shall sit on 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel, and everyone, here's the part for us, everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mother or children or farms for my name's sake shall receive many times much as much in this life, in eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. How about, how about service? Philippians 2. God, I love you. I love you so much, God, that I'm, I'm, willing, I'm willing to serve you. And, and then you, you think about it and you go, well, well, men, there's a men to serve list. Are you on it? Are you committed to that? Your opportunity during worship to serve God? Think about that and serve his people. I mean, thank you, God. I, I get to get I know you're just holding a collection plate and you think that's not. No, that's important. No, you're doing the focus. That's important. It's for, I love you, God. Really? Are you on the list, church? Men, are you on the list? 
But I love you, God. Well, don't, don't tell me how much you love him. Just, you could just show me. Philippians 2, verse 5. Have this attitude in yourselves, which also was in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied. What have I, what have I emptied? But he, he emptied himself, taking on the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance of a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even, even death on the cross. That, that's what he did. What have I done to show my love for God? I love you, God. What have you given up? Number, number next in this idea. Point two. How's your anger this morning? Is that, can we talk about that for just a minute? You know that frustration, Matthew chapter 5, in our lives, that anger that exists deep within the recesses of my heart. Maybe I buried some of it and, and some of it comes forth. I brought it out last week. You ruffled my feathers and, and we have issues. And, and now we're talking about the hard stuff. Is my anger justified? Is it? What do you think, church? Of course it is, preacher. I know. <laughs> I know it, it is, right? But that's not what Jesus says. How much, how much anger am I willing to get rid of? Right? And, and let me just add this in there. Are, are there things in my life that I'm angry about that others do to me, but I also do the same thing? Yeah, but they did it to me, so <laughs> I know that's vengeance, though, isn't it? Verse 21. You've heard that it was, the angels were ever told, Matthew 5, you should not commit adultery, you should, you should not commit murder, excuse me, and you, whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. For, don't murder, right? Adultery is not in there, I apologize for that. And you say, I've got that, Lord, because I love you. I'm not going to murder anyone. But I, I say to you that everyone who's angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And whoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And whoever shall say you fool shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. And I, anger against a brother without a cause, right? You ever, you ever done that? You say, well, no, preacher, I've never done that. How about the people you don't know that you have prejudged in another country? Hmm? You ever been angry with people you don't even know because of a situation you, maybe you saw it on the news? Maybe you heard it, I mean, I, let me, let's get there, let's get there next week. <laughs> That's a dangerous place to be. If you're angry with your brother this morning, that is a dangerous place to be because let me tell you something about anger. This morning we, we did something. We, we, we had the Lord's Supper and, and we're supposed to do that every first day of the week. And, and, we, and we, we, we gave and, and some gave. And I wonder this morning, are there any who gave but were angry with their brother before they gave? In other words, did someone come here this morning angry with someone else and, but still gave their offering without without making it right first. Let, let me show you what anger does. 
Verse 23. If therefore you are presenting your offering at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering therefore before the altar and go your way and first be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering. You know what it does? It, it renders the offering. When you've got issues with brethren, when brethren have issues with each other, it renders your offering void. God says, you, you need to hold that. Go get your life right first with the brethren. And then come back and give your offering. You think God wants us to get along? I, I think that's what he's trying to tell us. That, that we have to, to love each other, even though sometimes love is difficult. But, but love is Christianity 101. We can sing the song, oh, love God, love God, but we're not always doing that. Because we're not always loving each other. Love the Christian. Here's one. Oh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Here's one. Love the Christian. Love the Christian who has done you wrong and then come forward and repented and made it right with God and made it right with you but then you can't hold a grudge. And then you have to love that brother who has done you wrong. How, you, how are we doing with that, church? How are we doing with that? Well, yeah, I know they said, they, you know, but I, the way they said it, though, I don't know if they were, you ever heard that before? They weren't sincere enough when they went up there. I mean, they said the right words, kind of, but that was just to make everybody else believe them. They didn't really repent in their heart. Yeah, yeah. Is that just, have you ever, you haven't seen that before? Oh, I've seen it. Do I love my brother who, who comes and, and, and says, God, I'm sorry, I was like the prodigal son. Am I that older brother? Right? Oh, I'm not ready to receive them back yet because they, because they sinned against me. Here's a young man that, that, that did some wrong and and, and, and he came back and he asked for forgiveness. And, and, and listen to what the instruction is in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 5. But if any has called sorrow, he has called sorrow to, not to me, but in some degree in order not to say too much to all of you. Sufficient was such a one as his punishment, which was inflicted by the majority. So this is a young man that was, was sleeping with his father's wife and the church was boasting about it. And then Paul corrected them on that. And then uh, they disfellowshipped him and then he repented and came back to the Lord and then and God said, okay, now through, through the apostle, look, the man needed to be punished and, and he was punished and then verse 7, and by the way, it was a congregational thing, everyone agreed and because God says so. Listen to what it says. So that on the contrary, you should rather forgive and comfort him, lest somehow such a one be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. Wherefore, I urge you to reaffirm your love for him. In other words, yes, okay, I get it. He, he did some things wrong, and he, and he, but he made it right. And so our hearts are supposed to be open to brethren that have done some things wrong, but then make it right. And have full, full forgiveness and love for them. Do, do we do? Do we do that? Especially when it's against me. Do I do that? Do I, am I willing to? Or do I still have all these issues that are lingering? See, the church has some, you know, we got these hidden issues, right? These hidden problems. We got to get rid of that stuff, church. Right? 
Galatians chapter 2. We, we have some, some things, you know, you know, we're talking about now personal lives. Christianity 101 is deeper than the surface, church. It, it's not a surface thing. Christianity 101 goes into the depths of your heart. What's going on inside of your home, church? I'm talking about your heart, this home. What's going on in there? What, how do we love each other? Do we love each other? Externally, yeah, it looks good, doesn't it? But God looks at the heart. Well, what about the hypocrite? You ever, you ever met one of those in the church? You, you ever, you, you've seen it, and, and maybe, maybe you've been that person, right, a time or two. Maybe we've all been there somewhere. But, but the one that, ah, I really, I messed up, I blew it, I blew it, church, I'm sorry. And then they, and they're trying to get it right, or maybe they made it right, they've asked for, Forgiveness. How do you, do you forgive? Do we forgive the hypocrite when he, you know, he comes and he asks for forgiveness and he tries to make it right? Sometimes some brother make it hard to get right with the Lord, right? I mean, it's never hard to get right with the Lord, but brethren like to seem to think that we have this power over another. He said, preacher, this isn't love. Yeah, this is love, isn't it? This is the hard stuff. This is real love, right? This isn't the surface stuff. Oh, I love you. Just like I love pizza. No, this is, this is agape love. This is, a God, this is the love, the way God loves you, and the way I'm supposed to love my brethren. This is love. And we fail at that. How many of us fail? All of us have failed a time or two, right? Listen to this. Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. But prior to coming, the coming of the certain men from the James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he began to withdraw himself aloof, fearing the party of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, with the result that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. But when, when I saw that they were not being straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in the presence of all, if you being a Jew live like the Gentiles... And not like the Jews. How is it that you compel the Gentiles to live like Jews? Hypocrite. <laughs> you know, the world's accused us. The world says that, right? I mean, we know the world, that, they're more hypocritical than the church will ever be. But anyway, they like to accuse us. Well, there's some hypocrites in the church. They're right. There are. And I like to admit to them, hey, I've been there once or twice. How about you? <laughs> you ever been there? I might ask that, but love my love the brethren. How about this? Love the brethren whom I refuse to love. And that's a personal category because I don't know who that person might be. Love that one that you are refusing to love, whoever that might be. See, the word agape or agapeo, the word of God, this love without condition is deeper than the surface, church. It's not, it's not this stuff where it's it's it's, it's layered, right? Because it goes deep into the recesses of my personal heart. See, it, it, it goes way, way down there. I'm, I'm, I'm angry at the brethren because of, because of what? First Peter uh, chapter, chapter 2. How, how many of us love the Lord? How many of us truly love the Lord? 
Well, the Lord says, if, if you love me, you will, John 14, 15, if you love me, you will, not, not you might, but you will keep my commandments. And my commandment is to love some difficult folks. Like I've loved some difficult folks. And in the category of those difficult folks, preacher, you are on the list. Thank you, God. I need you to love them back. Like you want them to love you. Okay, Lord. I, you know, I can do that. Um, and now I become like Peter. Lord, look, how many, if a, my brother sins against me, how many times should I forget? No, Lord, how many people in the brotherhood that's a, you know, it's pretty big, it's large. How many of them do I, do I have to love, though? 1 Peter 2, verse 17. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Yes, but Lord, in the brotherhood, let me, let me there are some, I know. <laughs> Chapter 1, verse 22. Since you have in obedience to the truth purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from from the heart. See, see, here's the issue. See, what, what, what has to happen is brethren need to love God, but, but part of loving God is loving each other deeply. Well, they haven't earned my love though, right? I, don't, I didn't see that in the scriptures where one brother has to earn my love. It's a commandment. You say, well, why does God command me to love? Because I don't want to love those people who won't love me back. But Christianity 101 says, you love them all. You, you know that, right? You say, preacher, you're not telling us something we don't know. I, I know. It's just basic. Matthew chapter 5. This morning, maybe, uh, maybe when we finish this lesson... Maybe there ought to be some folks talking to some folks. And, and maybe we might send this lesson to someone else. That you ought to listen to this lesson so you can understand. Maybe we ought not do that. Maybe there ought to be some folks talking to some folks. Now, I'm not bringing out any, I don't know any particular things. I'm not talking about particular things. This is a very generic sermon. It's Christianity 101. But I know I can preach this everywhere in the world. And there's going to be some folks that need to get right with some other folks. Because we're human, Right? And being human, this word love is a difficult word to fulfill because of my own personal free will. I don't have to love you, but I am commanded to. And God says, I want you to learn, instead of loving them because I'm commanding you, I want you to learn to be like me. I want you to love the unlovable. I want you to love the people that won't love you back. I want you to love the people who have done you wrong. I want you to love those who despitefully use you. I want you to love you. You got some folks like that. I want you to love the people who despitefully use you. Love them anyway. Just love them. Matthew 5 and verse, verse 43. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now that's my kind of gospel, right? No. But the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ says, the one who died on the cross, the one who, who forgave his enemy, says, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Okay, Lord, I can pray for the Roman soldier who's persecuting the church. I can pray for them. Lord, get them. 
That's not the kind of prayer God's asking for. Lord, open up a door for me to teach the gospel to them. Love your enemies. Why would I show love for a Roman, to a Roman soldier? Why would I do that? Why, why would I love Paul, Saul at that time, and a man who's persecuting the church? Why would I love that guy? I'm not going to love him. Lord, I, I can't even trust that guy. I know. But if you want to be like God, he tells us why. In verse 45, in order that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and, and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors or gatherers do the same? If you greet your brothers only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? And therefore, you ought to be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect. Hmm. Are, are we, do we love each other? Do we truly love? Do we love God? Romans 12. Romans chapter 12. How about some of that long, deep family history? You know, you've got folks that from way back in your family line, and, I, you know, they cause some trouble in your life and stir some down. I've got some folks like that. But you've got to love them anyway, church. You've got to love them anyway. Right? And, and something you, you can't do yet, when you, har- you can't harbor the feelings of, of hatred in your heart and anger in your heart and then, you know, just and not really want them to be saved. Right? Verse 17, Romans 12, never pay back evil for evil to anyone and respect what is right in the sight of, of all men, if possible. So far as it depends upon, if possible, do something about the problem. Right? Do, do something about it. You know, show some forgiveness, show some compassion, show some mercy. Right? Look to yourself and look to your relationship with the Lord and love God in it. And if possible, so far as it depends upon you, be at peace with, with all men. I read this and I want to quote it to you. I'm going to James chapter 3. Someone said, I'm quoting, a stumbling block for me in my Christian walk is the inability to love my enemies and to love unlovable people as Jesus did. It's difficult for me to show love to people I don't feel love for, to people I despise or dislike. So this person says, there's some people I despise. <laughs> there's some folks I dislike. There's some folks that um, are, just, are just unlovable. And they are a stumbling block for me. I mean, she has her own list. It was a lady, by the way. She has her own, <laughs> she has her own list of people she's not. She, I'm not going to love them. 
<laughs> well, and I started thinking to myself, what kind of, what kind of wisdom is that? And you know, what I, you know what it is? It's selfishness, isn't it? She made a list of all the people she's not going to love. How about your list? You have one? It's, it's, it's wisdom because I'm not going to let them bite me again. Right? Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to watch out for you. Okay. But it's earthly wisdom, isn't it? See, James 3, verse 13. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior, his deeds, and the gentleness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural. That's the wrong kind of wisdom. <laughs> Demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. So selfishness, I got to get rid of the selfishness. Oh, maybe that's part of the problem, Lord. Now I'm starting to get it. I have to get rid of the selfishness that is inside of my heart. And I have to get rid of, wait, I'm not jealous. Am I jealous? I'm not jealous. I have to get rid of the jealousy that exists inside of my heart in, in order to love like God loves. First John chapter 4 and, and verse 19. Love? We love because he first yeah, thank you. Loved us. And let's just stop right there, right? We love because he first loved us. And so, yes, you better believe I'm a man full of love. Until I keep reading. As we continue to read, it says, Someone says, I love God and hates his brother. He is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Well, I can't wait for that one next week. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. Wait, did he say He did say that was a commandment, didn't he? So, you know, when I'm wrestling with, with people... I need to step back away from self and say, wait a minute, you know, this is not about me. This is about God. I need to love people the way God loves people. I know you say, well, preacher, but there are consequences. I know. I, I know. We're not even talking about that. Right? First Corinthians 13. These characteristics of love. And, and people love, you know, like around, around, you know, Valentine's Day or, or before a wedding. You want to read these things that we're not, not too good at. I'm going to read them and say, I want you to know I'm going to be patient with you, honey. Love is patient. Verse 4. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It's, it's not provoked. Does not take into account a wrong. Suffered. Does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. You talk going, I love it, yeah. And then when your husband makes you angry or your wife makes you angry, you just throw all it out the window. Right? Tell me that's not true. 
Because the way I've seen people treat, the way we treat each other in anger, we just throw that stuff away, right? We, we might read, you know, we might be better off reading this like love is, verse 4, love is patient toward its enemy. Love, love is kind towards its enemy. It's not jealous of his enemy. You know, say, oh, I can't believe they got away with that. No, mm-mm. Love does not brag when it's, you know, against his enemy. It's not arrogant against his enemy. It does not act unbecomingly towards his enemy. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked by his enemy. It does not take into account a wrong suffered by an enemy. and does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with truth, even with enemies. It bears all things toward my enemy, believes all things with my enemy, hopes all things. I mean, love goes deep, church. How, how deep? I mean, there's that surface stuff. And then, and then but love just keeps, agape love. Is just, that's what God says the church has to have. Ephesians chapter 4, please. And look, it's not this morning about saying, hey, you know what? I know some people who aren't loving me like they're supposed to. No, that's not what we're saying this morning. The question this morning is, are you loving them? This is not a a sermon that that we're looking outwards and we're trying to find all these people that aren't loving me properly. This is a sermon where we're saying, Lord, I'm looking deep within myself and I'm trying to discover who I really am. How much anger, anger, and evil and wickedness still exists inside of my heart? Love. The hard stuff. Love. This is Christianity one-on-one, isn't it? It really is. Ephesians 4 and verse 31. I'm almost, I'm, I'm close to letting you go. So I, I, I look. I look deep inside of myself. There's some things inside of me that maybe, maybe it happened, right, church? You could think about things that have happened in your life. And, and maybe you could say, I can look at verse 31 and say, there's some things inside of me. Those are those, I'm wrestling with those things. And, and unfortunately, I'm lashing out at other people because those things exist inside of me. And that's what's keeping me from loving like I'm supposed to love. And so, so I look at verse 31 and it says, it says, let all bitterness. Maybe I'm bitter. Am I bitter? Am I really wrathful? Am I angry? Am I really, am I just angry at the world? Maybe some brother, you know, church, you know, did me wrong 10 years ago. And so you ever heard that before? Well, there's some folks who did me wrong 10 years ago, so I'm never going to church again. You've heard that, right? I'm never going back to that place. Was it God who did it? Was it the whole church or was it one individual? I'm going to punish you, God, for letting that person be a Christian. And then they brought havoc in them. I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Am I bitter? Am I, am I filled with wrath? Is there, is there anger in my heart and, and clamor? Put all this stuff away. I've got to put slander away. I gotta put it all away. Let me read the verse. Verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. And, and then he says, and here's what I want you to do. We go back to that sermon a few weeks ago. Be kind to one another. Well, they're not kind to me. <laughs> so I'm not going to be kind. That's not what God, God says. You gotta love them any. I'm commanding you, church. That's what God said. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted. Tenderness, forgiving each other. 
Well, God, they haven't asked for forgiveness yet. Well, God, you, Lord, do you know what they did to me, Lord? Do you understand? Do you un- in that funny question? Do you understand, Lord, how I feel? <laughs> Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in. Oh, wait a minute. Just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Question. Okay, Lord, when the Lord forgave me, though, <laughs> you don't understand. I didn't have as much stuff in my life. I didn't have as many problems as someone so, right? Okay, Roman, Romans 5. Let's go take a look. Just as God in Christ has forgiven you, I want you to forgive your brothers. I want you to love your brothers like God loved you. I want you to be like God. And now the question is, Lord, when you loved me, what was I like? Verse 6. For while for while we were I mean, I was I was I wasn't helpless. I mean, I had my life figured out, right church? I mean, I was doing it. I was, I was doing it. I wasn't helpless. I had, I had it off. No, no. God says, preacher, you were helpless. You were, you were just a helpless individual. You were in trouble and you couldn't get out of it. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for good people. Yeah, all of us, right? All of us good people. He died for us. And you know what? He had to die. You ever heard that before? He had to die. No, he didn't. He chose to die. He didn't have to die. He could have let all of us good people die lost, but he didn't, he didn't, he didn't have to die. He chose to die. There's a difference. He, he gave it up for you. And what was I like, Lord, when you loved me and when you gave it all up for me? He says, Tony, you were ungodly. <laughs> me? Yeah. Yeah, you were an enemy of God. You, you, Ephesians 2, you were full of the wrath of God. But Christ died for the helpless soul. That was me. When I was helpless, and I was ungodly, and I was wicked, and I was evil, and I didn't even think about him, he still died for me. Gave me a chance. Right? Gave me a, he gave me a chance through his blood to be saved. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. For what would holy die for a righteous man? Verse 7. Though perhaps for the good man, someone even dare to die. But here's what God was doing. God did something amazing. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet. While I was still in my sin. He died for me, right? Looking forward, right? Looking ahead. Let me read that verse again. Uh, Ephesians 4.32. Be, be kind to one another, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has. Is there anyone you need to forgive this morning? Forgiving you. Love. One-on-one, right? This is is the hard stuff. This 
And I'm not even meddling yet. It's the hard stuff. And, and, and this morning, I know some, some maybe, I don't know, um, maybe someone turned me off. This morning. I don't know. I'm, I'm, that's all right. Listen, if we're going, to, I'm, I'm, glo- I'm closing in John 15. If we're, if we're going to be like Jesus, we got some work to do. See, see, to be like God is, is, is deeper than, than, you know, the surface stuff. To be like God is to go deep into the recesses of this old sick mind. You, you know, right, all of our minds are sick. Do we all agree with that? Jeremiah 17, 9 says we should because it says we're all sick. Right? Isaiah chapter 1, I mean, bandaged and bruised. and Got some issues. We got issues up here, right? If you don't have issues up here, I'm just going to leave that one alone. Ask somebody. We've got to love each other. Not on a surface level. They'll know you're Christians because we, we all love the psycho and psychotic <laughs> because we love each other. Because we all have issues. And anyone that comes to me and says, I don't have issues, you're a liar. You have issues, like everybody else. None of us are perfect. We can say none of us are perfect, but how many of us really mean that? Right? Some of us don't mean it when we say it. Listen, the hard stuff is truly loving each other the way God loves us. That's the hard stuff. And in verse 13 of John 15 Greater love has no one than this. That one lay down his life for his friends. This morning, if we could just step away from selfishness and lay down our lives for each other. You know, like, step aside for a moment and, and, and learn how to forgive that person. Step aside from self for a moment and, and, and just love that brother from the heart. Love that sister from, if you've got trouble in your home, just step aside for a moment from selfishness and just lay down your life and just give, you know what, let me just love you. I'm just going to love you. I'm going to love you the way God loved me. I'm just going to love you. Well, this lesson is yours this morning. And now the lesson's over. You got to love me too. <laughs> Preacher, we didn't like that lesson. I know. Well, love me anyway, right? Go on and love me. See, I set you up, didn't I? <laughs> and you got to love me next week too because I'm going to say some other stuff. <laughs> Just keep on loving me, right? I know I've I'm, 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 got issues. And this morning, you know, there are people maybe that are hurting. Maybe there's someone this morning that would like to come to Christ and receive that love. Like God can love me regardless of who I am. Yeah, he'll love you. He'll take you. And you surrender to God in the waters of baptism and he'll forgive you. And he'll wash all your sins away. No matter what you've done. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that's amazing. That is love. And all you got to do is repent and say, God, I want to live for you. That's it. And then, and then we're going to love you too. Regardless of what you've done, and what you, we're going to love you anyway. Right? And then you, but you love us back. All this lesson is yours this morning. Please come and we can help. And anyway, while together we stand and sing our song of invitation. Oh, okay.